I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. We are going back to the high for season five of the, the Connor, Connor and Smith, Smith Show. Okay. Well, um, full disclosure, our air conditioning is not working. And we are all fans go trying to keep the pugs cool and awaiting uh, somebody to come and fix it. So it's a steamy evening here. It is. It's a it's a hot broadcast. It's it's very hot. Um, tonight we're going to be talking to Kira Collier Trummel. Yay! We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. For generations, people in Fairfax, Virginia have heard tales of the Bunny Man. Now, Bunny Man Brewing offers a tasty array of high-quality microbrews with a rotation of unique flavors. Come by to have a sample and maybe even catch a glimpse of the legendary hopper. But bring a friend, because you don't ever want to drink alone. Check our hours and see what's on tap at BunnyManBrewing.com. Hello, can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? Yes. You said you cannot hear me? I can, yeah. Yay! Hu- oh my God. Huzzah! <laughs> Hi, Kira. How are you? Hi, I'm so sorry for the technical difficulties. I'm doing great. How are you? <laughs> oh my God, that wasn't the worst ever, please. Oh, We've good. had I'm glad. much worse. I'm good. I'm sitting here with my husband and co host, Matt Connor. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, Matt. Connor, how oh, are God. you? Oh, God, who cares? <laughs> it's so fun to hear your voices again after like 72 years. Me, I know. And Steve, <laughs> me and Steve were just walking the dogs and we were like going through our memories of like, okay, wait, there was American Anthem. We've got to talk about, uh, was it Pocahontas <laughs> that we did together? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's there was, right. There was Crazy for You. Crazy West for Side you. Story. Oh, yes. Anyway. Yes. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because I have no memories left. I don't know what that means, but I did hear your American Anthem, and I totally forgot about that. So that was really lovely. Thank you for that. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to American Anthem when we... Um, <laughs> I'm going to start a Kickstarter so we can reunite the original cast <laughs> and film it and um, Stephen was just <laughs> can we just go ahead and start talking about this? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. We don't have a script. No. Okay, that's alright. Um, I can improv. Stephen was joking at the time that he was supposed to give the introduction to the Latin explosion and he basically said uh, and then in the 90s came the Latin explosion where Latins exploded all over America. (laughs) What were we doing? What were we doing? But you know what? We were making really good money. We were. We were. I I enjoyed it. You know, it was, I complained a lot, I think, back then. But I had a good time. Those are great memories now. But during during it, you're like, in the moment, you're like, what? What is this? But it's okay. For those who have no idea what we are talking about, which is most people. Yeah, don't Google, because I just tried. There's nothing there. <laughs> um, we, uh, out of college, Kira and Matthew and myself were um, 
in a production called American Anthem that played at the Navy Memorial in downtown DC. We wore red, white, and blue monstrous um, outfits. And it was a musical review through American history of music. And as cute and quaint as it sounds. It was. It looked like something from Heritage USA. It, <laughs> yeah. Um, it was, it was a, it was like a 90, how, was it 90 minutes? I don't know. Um, no, it was like 60 minutes, wasn't it? Anyway. It was short. Yeah. All, all I remember is the theme song, which was an American anthem <laughs> is a song <laughs> of our great nation. Get fucked The work in music, something, Yeah, I, I lose it there. And the boys and the girls were all mixed up in like a V. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my yeah. gosh. And then we worked on that with Tina forever. Yeah. yeah. But you yeah. know what, Kiram? What? I don't know how you feel. I'm now 52 years old and look like I'm 51. <laughs> So it's, it's going well. Mm-hmm, great. But, you know, John Kinnaman, honestly, when I look back at everything that, you know, you kind of have gone through just in jobs in general, between not only theater jobs, but just jobs. John Kinnaman was a heck of a producer. He really, he yeah. really always treated us kind of fairly with money. Yeah. Yeah. He was always very nice and never was out of line. I agree. And I look back at some of our dinner theater days and I'm like, wow, we really had a good time. And there wasn't really a whole lot of, I mean, there was drama, but there really wasn't a whole lot of drama. We were just like doing the show and serving up food. Yes, I remember that. Those were some of my favorite times with some of my favorite people that I still, you know, keep in touch with or run into every now and again. And that is, that says something. You're right. There, It was a good time. And it there was not a lot of, um, you know, unfairness happening, and it, it, at least in my eyes, you know. However, <laughs> however, I, what? I can't go. remember the full details of this. And Kira, if you said you don't remember anything, you probably won't either. Right. I, I remember we had to perform a short version of this at some convention somewhere, not at our usual space. And we met at the time we were supposed to meet at the Navy Memorial. And they had left without us. Oh my gosh. I do wait, not wait. have any recollection. Wait, we had to walk to Lafayette Square. Yeah. Yeah. And wow. it was hot. And, and we got there and they were pissed. And Was it were, the three of us? It was a bunch of us. No, oh, it, was, okay, okay. it was only a couple. It was me, you, Kira, and Liz. Maybe. Wow. Liz Spinola. Okay. Violin. Oh my gosh, your memory is insane. And then the four of us went back to my house and had like food lion food or and <laughs> and wine and, and and like was like I I can't believe that this would happen on Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> we were so pissed off. I remember that because yeah. we we were like we didn't do anything wrong. We I don't know. And we were like we'll show them I'm having like memories come back, but you guys are incredible. The fact that you remember this stuff. I feel weird that it, like, is something wrong with me that I no. don't remember stuff? I think part of it is because me and Steven live together and we're always piecing things together. Like, wait, wasn't she in blue yeah. short? Yeah, I think that we're, we're just piecing it together. Usually. Like sometimes I have to ask friends if I was in a certain show and I'm usually pretty on top of things and I cannot 
remember shit anymore. Can I swear? Is that yeah, okay? absolutely. Can I swear on Inside the Actor's Studio? Is that absolutely? Allowed? Okay, good. this is the Hollywood Reporter. <laughs> um, we're, we're, what what's so funny about that cure is that. Uh, Adolfo Blair, formerly Randy Eigenbrod, I don't think you knew, has who was a guest on the show, says, oh my God, your memories are shit. Every <gasps> time you're talking about something, I want to say, it was this show. <laughs> so I think it's just a sliding scale of like age. You know, you, you yeah. toss some things out that you don't need anymore. Right. When you learn more, you know. I well, like not, that. I like and that. not to be political, but I feel like in the last six years, Something has happened to me. <laughs> oh, amen to that. Like, I feel like mentally I'm a little bit like struggling. I need a therapist. Like I've been yeah. focused on. Anyway, uh, Kira, where are you? Where are you? Uh, call, not, you're not calling up. Well, I guess you, where are you from right now? I'm in Fort Myers, Florida. Is that on the east or the west? The west coast of Florida. About two hours south of Tampa. So that's on the golf side. Yes. Yes. Oh, awesome. It's lovely. I mean, it's hot as crap right now down here. You know, the summer is not the ideal time to be in the tropic, in the tropical weather. Um, but, uh, but during the winter, it's quite lovely. I do love warm weather. So that part of it is nice, but it's also Florida. So there's that. We've got issues. <laughs> You know, but um, it's, yeah, it's, there's beaches, like the beach is probably 15, 20 miles from me. So I can just, you know, head on over there when I need some water, water therapy, you know, and, and so, so there's, there's a lot of pluses to, uh, to being down here. We know it's funny. I'm teaching right now a camp and I took my class outside one day and we passed a comic store that was hanging in its windows, a few uh, flags that celebrate pride in June. Mm -hmm. And this like, you know, eight year old kid says, oh, that's the bisexual flag right there. And I was like, it is? And I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of trying to be a little bit like, like I don't know what I'm talking about because I thought, I literally went to a place of like, am I supposed to be talking about this with this kid? But mm -hmm. like literally this kid knows more about this than me. That's great. <clears throat> anyway. Um, so how long have you been in Florida? I've been here. 20 years. Gosh, it's, it's probably close to that. It's, I think it's like 15, 16 years now that I've been, been down here. In fact, I actually came, moved down to Florida right before a huge hurricane, Hurricane Charlie, which I believe was, was that 2009, I think? I hope I'm right there. Um, and so that's, that's how I kind of remember how long I've been down here. So yeah, it's been, it's been a while. I like it. And you, you you moved because of, of a job or just yeah one? you know I lived in the um in the northeast for a while like the D.C. area which I love and I miss and I can't wait to go back and visit uh, I lived in Philadelphia for a brief time um, Pennsylvania of course which is where I'm from the Hershey area and 
you know, I, I moved down here. Yeah. I got involved in a uh, company when I was an actor, just doing some regional dinner theater stuff. And uh, that's what brought me down here. I actually did a show in uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and they have a sister theater. It's the Prather Entertainment Group, they're called now. And they have a theater down in Fort Myers. And when I found that out, I was like, hey, I'll do any show. Let's make it February. You know, <laughs> so I got down uh, to Fort Myers in February and did like some terrible show and uh, and got to just enjoy winter with 80 degree weather and that kind of hooked me and so I eventually you know finished up with my northeast living and moved down moved down here to Florida I met my husband down here doing a show and so that helped also Oh, your husband's also a performer. He was. He was an actor. We met as actors. Um, and then not long after we met, he moved into stage management. And then he's been on the technical side, although he did try to get my sound to work today and it didn't. So I don't know how good he is at technical theater. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I'm uh, just kidding. He, uh, But yeah, he's done everything from stage management, technical director, um, production manager, that sort of thing. So yes, he's been in the theater so it's nice to have you know this a partner who understands the biz you know yeah and also along with that uh wearing so many different hats like your husband does yeah. i mean we all know that going to school for theater not only means you're going to school for theater but you're going to school to sort of survive and yeah. and kind of wearing all kinds of teacher modes and waiting jobs and like where's what should i do next so i can do my crafts elsewhere yeah and blah, how do blah, blah. i survive in survival jobs so that i can do what i love yeah for sure for sure and not everyone understands that as we all know you know so it's nice to find someone who who gets it because it's tough well yeah i mean how many times growing up do you have someone that says that treats you like you're doing a hobby or like when you're <laughs> going to grow up for sure for sure that's always such a pet peeve you know it's People don't realize what it takes. They really don't. It seems was, just fun, you know? It <clears throat> seems so fun, but that's because people are good at their job on stage. I always remind people in our circles when we are fundraising or I need to sound somewhat presidential, <laughs> I, I will say uh, the arts is the only subject that combines all subjects. Yes. Yes. And, and if you think about that, when it, whether it's foreign language with Italian and music, or whether it's math in music, or whether it's researching the show that you're doing of a time period or character or sewing or whatever it is, it combines every subject you can talk about. So true. So true, Matt. Yep. And, but, but yet people look at it as if it's something, maybe it's because we, everything that you do, everything that you do, um, you know, starts to look kind of easy and fun. Yes. And so it doesn't look like there is a, uh, a work. Massive amount of work and research and rehearsal. Yeah. And, well, yeah, exactly. And, and that means we're doing a good job. You know, if it looks easy to the audience, that means we've done the work. You know, it's it's well, you're right, though. People don't realize that. And, and it's too bad. It's a shame. Well, I was just reading not to pivot to Broadway. I was just reading that Paradise Square, of course, is closing. Okay. And now they are being sued by the equity union because Paradise Square was remaining open because they were not paying the union dues for their actors and their tech, tech people. Oh, wow. 
Um, wow. So they basically are, um, Stephen just got a package, which I clearly must ah. be very important. And the two dogs are barking at the That's, door. I get it. It's okay. I've got two dogs as well. It's the only <laughs> audience we have is, is um, <laughs> Eddie and Byron. But I said to Stevie right before we called you, I said, oh my God, how horrible is it that, you know, you're in a show on the Broadway, which uh, apparently is like the highest, uh, you know, thing <laughs> until you go to back to Burn Gray. And... <laughs> And these, and these poor actors I know. are That's... getting so taken advantage of already. Yeah. And now the, this Broadway show is trying to stay open for the producers by taking advantage of the performers and the tech staff. That's awful. And, you know, you don't expect, at least I don't, maybe I'm naive about it, but you don't expect that to happen on Broadway. Although now that I say it, why wouldn't it really? You know, it does happen everywhere, I guess. Uh, it's just such a shame to hear that at the highest level that that sort of thing could could happen, you know? Have you had a lot of experiences where you've been treated unfairly as a professional? Yes. Yeah. Um, not always sort of a public newspaper article to talk about. Right. But lots of weird, you know, contractual things that you're like, hey. Or lack of contract. Right, or like the one <laughs> yeah. time I was produced and they ran my music and my show idea of mine for a week at a regional theater that had won a Tony. And I did not receive a nickel oh. from, from anything. And uh, I don't know, you know, I think that's one of the reasons me and Steve kind of started to become what I would call sort of non-institutionalized, mm -hmm. where we kind of w would work when we wanted to work, but we would always kind of just do what we, what we wanted to do so we could, I mean, our Connor and Smith now is kind of like our brand for mm -hmm. so many years because it's us. Yeah. And if we go do a show, we certainly can. But I haven't been on stage since, what, 2017? 16. Oh, wow. I did, I did the Titanic and it sunk and I got blamed. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Oh, Matt, I miss your humor. <laughs> um, but, you know... As you, I'm sure you have found that, you know, in the arts, even during the pandemic, it was such a therapy. Right. Because we at least had another appreciation for whatever we were watching or, mm -hmm. you know, we just had something to kind of fall back on. I can't imagine if I was someone who didn't have an artistic, emotional journey of what that would be like to wonder how to go through something like that. We and Steven were lucky. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And, and good for you. And I'm so impressed by the way, just to put that out there too, with all that you have done, both of you, you know, the, the Connor and Smith, I just think it's fantastic. And I love that you just, if you just made it work for yourselves and in on your own terms. And so kudos, great, great work. I think well, that's fantastic. Well, going back to college, I think that when I was in college, I did not know who I was. And I'm not sure I still can say that today, although I know myself better. Mm -hmm. I think that because when I was in at the school, I think I felt like I was supposed to be sort of in, in a box of like, oh, you're, you should be this performer. For instance, mm -hmm. when I was with Jackson Sheets in voice lessons, I think he wanted me to be a certain singer. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't. Mm -hmm. And then right. I think, you know, maybe with scene study and stuff, I was so confused. And so then I, when I went to New York, I really thought mm -hmm. I was supposed to be in New York. And thank God I had a, 
a freak out of some sort of emotional or physical or financial thing that happened both times because I was not supposed to be in New York. And <laughs> I really wish I had had someone that I trusted that could have explained to me that the world is really, really big. And it's okay if you don't want to take that journey. Yes. I love what you're saying. And I really relate to that because I, I too felt like I, I just needed a lot more maturing, you know, during my college years and, and after. And I, I agree with you. I always felt like I was a late bloomer in the sense that I just didn't know myself. Uh, so hearing someone else say that is very refreshing. Uh, and yes, and the New York thing too. I felt the same way. I wanted to want it. I wanted to love it and embrace it like so many of my friends were. And that's where you go. You know, that's what you're supposed to do. And I tried it and not, I didn't give it a ton of time, but I knew that that was not for me. And I realized I just want to work. I just want to work and I want to work in as many places as I can. And I want to enjoy it, you know, while I'm doing it. So uh, luckily I did realize that, but I just, I really relate to what you're saying. And, and I, I have always tried to, you know, I've done a lot of teaching as well. And I've always tried to tell people, you know, to tell younger kids going into the arts, it's, it's not the end all be all New York. If you want to get to Broadway, yeah, get there at some point maybe, but the work is where it's at for some people and everybody has a different journey. And I think that's so important to, to learn. And I, I agree, I wish someone had, had told me, but I think we just, I think it's good to figure it out ourselves. It shapes us, it makes us understand ourselves and seen. <laughs> yes. did, you, did you bring anything to sing tonight? <laughs> On it. Oh, honey, I'm too tired. On, On it. it. <laughs> so, so, you know, back to me and Stevie being together, you know, I think that part of our finding each other in our relationship um, was also a part of us finding each other creatively in, in sort of an artistic way because it has kind of molded our thinking of not what's important, but how we value what we do together. And so because I can fail in front of Steven, if I'm writing a song, I now I'm safe to succeed. Yes. But yes. I but I never felt like that in front of like, you know, uh Jay Robert Spencer singing Judas and being like, "Oh my god, I want to be you." Right. <laughs> you know, because right. you look at all these people with amazing voices and amazing acting skills and dancing and you think, "Oh my god, I'll never do that. I'll never do that." Yeah. Rather than just really believing that whatever you have, you already have enough to do that. And I didn't think I had enough to do anything. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that makes me sad. But I hope that that doesn't, I hope that didn't carry with you for too long. Well, I think the biggest problem for me and maybe some people who have a sexual identity crisis mm -hmm really starts with starting to uncover who you are with your faith and your sexuality. And that can really play with you for a long time. Oh, sure. And so oh, I sure. think that part of that school was not only a coming to Jesus about, you know, can I be in Music Man with Kathy Voiko, 
But the other half was... No, you cannot. (laughs) But the the other half of that was walking around thinking, am I going to hell for, you know, being in love and dating Greg Greg Goodbrode? Oh, my gosh. And And, yeah, that's so... Oh, God, that's so tough. I'm so sorry that that had to even be in your mind, you know? And I can only imagine what that... That was that was hard, I'm sure. Yeah, and I think about that even now when I'm teaching kids and they, you know, need to express who they are or whatever. But let's go back to... I, I just wanted to say, I, I can't talk because he's just talking to Blue Streak. I'm, I'm trying to fit a word in edgewise. <laughs> Steven, the Connor and Smith show is Connor first. Okay, great. So Smith last. I just wanted to say on that whole uh, tip of the discussion about New York versus somewhere else, whatever. On my fall break um, at Shenandoah in 1998, mm-hmm. I used that fall break to see theater. And I went to New York first and I saw a few shows in New York and they were all, you know, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I saw shows in DC. And it was night and day mm. because I had, I mean, all the theaters that I had performed in were like kind of bigger theaters. Like even my high school was like a big auditorium. Shenandoah's, you know, black box thing. We, we, I mainly just did scene study things in. Mm-hmm. So going to see smaller, in, more intimate theater, I was, it blew my mind of like, yeah. oh my God, these people are really freaking acting. Yeah. Because there's <laughs> nowhere to hide. Right, right. And you have to be so into it where with the Broadway shows, I mean, I saw Titanic on that fall break and I was, when that miniature boat went across and then there was a huge sound effect, I said, are you freaking kidding me? That's, that's it. Um, <laughs> so it, I think there's an idea, of course, things have changed, mm-hmm. um, but, but in some ways attitudes have not. I, I think what you see on Broadway is very much commercial fare, except for some very exciting things that are breaking out. And, you know, being unconventional is suddenly more conventional, which is wonderful. Um, but I think the the entire regional movement of theater, what's so wonderful about, you know, Jenny Lamb was saying on her episode is like, go make theater in weird places. Go make theater <laughs> where there isn't any. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how people learn and change. And, and go, New York is not all there is in the world yeah and and i love the regional movement because of that that's all i wanted to say kira what what was your journey from hershey to winchester did you have other options yeah i did i uh i was looking at uh point park in um where is that pittsburgh no that's yeah was that pittsburgh and then i was looking at university of the arts in philadelphia that's why i was confused which which was in which city but yes so those those two were also because at that time and maybe you all ran into this too there were not a lot of schools not nearly as many as there are now that offered musical theater as a major and that's really what i knew i wanted um so you know it was few and far between in in choosing um but Shenandoah, I, you know, I just, I, that just spoke to me and uh, I'm, I, I loved it there. I really did. I have great memories. Do you all have great memories of it? Oh God. Yeah. Good. Of Shenandoah? Yeah. You know, I keep explaining on this podcast, I really feel like Shenandoah for me was a little bit of a boot camp. 
like sure. it, it gave me certain survival skills that I didn't think I knew I was going to receive because it, it was sort of like this mystery because you go to Lindy's class and you'd think, what the hell is this class about? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you would go, then you'd talk to upperclassmen and say, hey, she's asked us to do this, this project. And I'm not sure. Okay, you need to do this. And it was like a little, uh, a little group of people that all understood the end result in some way, but we weren't really told how beautiful we were or how good we were. We were just all kind of there to do the work and get these skills and just do it. Yeah. I see that. I, I feel like I had a couple of, I feel like it was working with my peers so often, you know, in those scene study projects and those directing projects. I feel that's where it really clicked for me. Like I remember a, doing a directing project and I was directing a scene and I just sort of got it. Like I was like, oh wait, this just, that like a light bulb went on and I was like, wait a second, you're not just pretending to act. You know, I thought I knew how to act, you know, that kind of thing. But I, I think it just, it, it clicked for me because I was working with my peers. And I'm not saying that my instructors were not, you know, valuable, but I do remember like one of the first days, Lindy saying, you know, be the color blue. And I was like, well, crap, I am not cut out for this because I don't know how to be the color blue, you know? Um, but I do feel like with some failures, I also had, you know, some, some of those light bulb moments too. And, and I just, I love that. Like, I really feel like I, I understood the craft, not completely, of course, because you're, you know, what, 20 or whatever, you know, but I just felt like it provided me a really good education. I, I feel strongly about that and proud of that, you know? Yeah. And I feel like we, I, I mean, I know that you, you, we three were doing some stuff together, but me and you kind of had a weird uh, friendship time after college because Stephen just mouthed to me chorus line. We did chorus line together. Oh my gosh, we did. That Remember was a great that? experience. And it was like the real deal. It was a good show. <laughs> yeah, it was the real deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, God, I forgot about that. Uh, yeah. Crazy and for Christina you. Molinari was was Cassie. She was Cassie. Yes. So there was yes. three of you from SU there. Yes, that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Um. Then we did the original uh, Susan Stroman choreography to Crazy for You. Crazy for was I in that? Wait, where was that? I thought <laughs> were you at are we that was you in Crazy for You at Shenandoah University? I was at yes, I was in Crazy for You at Shenandoah University, but okay. not. I do not think I ever did that in a regional theater dinner theater. Okay, no. did you go on and do a fiddler part at West End? I did Seitel. Let me tell you. I I still miss walking into that silly lobby of the West End. After the show, it was like hangout time for, you know, mm -hmm. an hour if you wanted or two hours if you wanted or whatever. Make some decent money. I mean, I didn't really realize that I was really actually doing pretty well. Yeah, I know. We made good money because we got decent show pay. And then we made like a lot waiting tables. Yeah. And it was easy to wait tables there, you know, because oh it was a buffet. <laughs> yeah. So, it, yeah. It was fantastic. Well, I have to tell you this one story. Okay. My father's an auctioneer. Oh. I've told this story in the podcast before, but I'm going to repeat it because. If you've heard it, act surprised. 
<laughs> um, my father one day had someone bring stuff to his sale, sale auction to sell and he comes to my house in Arlington me and Stephen live uh, just a couple of exits from the Pentagon and he said uh, Matthew I want you to sit down and I said okay and he said someone came to the auction they were going to sell some stuff and they started throwing away things and uh, well the first thing I did was I went to the trash after they left because that's what you do if someone's throwing mm -hmm. away stuff <laughs> And he hands me this little blue book. Hmm. And I open the front page and it's a teacher book. And it says, Harold Herman, <gasps> August 1993 <laughs> to May 1994. It's just, a, it's a semester long. Yeah. I opened the first scene study class and the person at the top, her last name is Collier, <laughs> comma, <laughs> Kira. Kira. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> so I have oh, I have that entire semester grade book, not only of our class, but the other three classes ahead of us. Wow, that is incredible. I mean, there's, that... there's not really any notes, so don't get nervous. Well, right, I, I do want to like, know if oh, we were, if we can remember this. Kira was working on a play mm -hmm. that he wrote the initials of. The play was called C B. Y H. I wonder what that could have been. Children's book. <laughs> You're happy. But wait, he wrote that for somebody else too. Yeah. Hmm. C B Y H. I don't know. Oh yeah, you were doing that with James Carruthers. Oh, Jimmy. Yep, Jimmy. Yeah. Huh. I wonder what scene that was or what play. Um, I don't remember. Anyway, it, it's just so weird that out of, you know, <laughs> out of anybody in the world, my father hands me Mr. Herman's grade book. That is crazy. So that I immediately called Robin Hart Schroff. <laughs> and I was like, Robin, is this illegal? <laughs> right. I, I didn't see everybody's grades. <laughs> She's like, oh, I guess not at this moment. But, but you know, it's got Tom Schweitzer, Kathy Voiko. I mean, Jeff Mueller, Joe Anderson. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, obviously, that's going to be worth a lot of money. So <laughs> <laughs> hold on to that, baby. <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> wow, that's a great story. So what's going on in, in Florida right now? Are you still performing? Oh, well, I have had some career changes through the years, but I've, I've remained in the arts this entire time. Um, I, I performed as an actor regionally, you know, for, gosh, it was probably like 15 years. I, I had a, a good run of it. Um, and, uh, and I enjoyed myself. But then that gets, you know, you get a little, you just know when it's time to move on. At least I did. And uh, I had gotten into teaching uh, a little bit and something I never thought I would be doing. Um, but I, I started te teaching some uh, triple threat summer camps, that sort of thing. And I found I was, you know, decent at it and uh, kept doing it. And, and I got, you know, you just kind of get that teaching groove. You know, it was something, like I said, I never studied that. I never thought I was going to go in that direction. Um, but I liked it. And, um, you know, I, I really 
have and ha have had and still do a passion for arts education. I mean, I think Matt, I think, you know, I know you understand this since you since you do teach and I think anybody in the arts understands the importance of, you know, instilling this into into kids today and I think, you know, we know how great the arts are for so many developmental, you know, habits and traits and all that. So, um that just really excited me. So I I, I started my own business out of my home, teaching some voice and some acting. And that really took off and did really well. Um, and I was sort of surprised by that. So I, I backed off of performing and then I ended performing. I stopped performing altogether and just went into teaching. Um, and then I did that for a few years out of my home. And in the community, I saw a need for, you know, proper training and I trained a little on the side too I learned a new technique of voice and uh you know trained with some great teachers and I felt like um and, and not to belittle the training I got from Edry Means Weekly who was I know a, boy, a guest on your podcast fairly recently she's amazing uh and I but I kind of extended that education and learned a little bit more um with the anatomy of the voice and sort of how to correct issues in vocal you know in singing and that sort of thing and and that really fueled me and excited me so then I saw a need in our community for healthy vocal training and proper musical theater training, you know? And uh, so I, I opened a performing arts studio in Fort Myers and it was, um, it's focused on voice, dance, acting, and piano, because that was a huge need. A lot of my students were like, do you teach piano? And I certainly didn't feel like I was the right person for piano. I mean, I am a piano minor. <laughs> <laughs> right but, uh, you know <laughs> but still um so so I opened the studio and I'm so proud of that that happened in 2014 and uh I ran that studio um you know trying to bring in performing arts to the community and uh and I was very proud of what I did. However, uh, the pandemic hit and some things changed within me. And, you know, I can get into that too or not <laughs> either way, but I made the decision to then get out of the business, which is something I never thought I would do. But I think we all had some, you know, defining moments during the pandemic. And uh, I ended up selling the studio. I didn't want to just close because I didn't want to, and all that training for those kids, you know, who were really into it. And so I ended up selling to a former student of mine who used to come to my house and train with me. And she and I have become friends. She worked for me. She was an instructor at my studio. She ran my summer camps. We've known each other for years. And she was interested in entering a new phase in her life. And I was interested in exiting that phase. And so she I sold the studio to her and, you know, so it's like a, like the legacy, I still get to be a part of it. You know, I still get to, she and I are close. We, you know, she tells me all the, 
the stuff going on, tells me about the kids, that sort of thing. But I wasn't in a place where it was, it was making me happy anymore. And I wasn't feeling passionate about it anymore. And I needed a change. And so I was able to, to get out and make that change. So this only happened fairly recently at the end of 2021 was when everything was finalized and I was done with the, with the, with the business. And uh, so then in 2022, I, was ready to find something new. And it was scary because you make a huge career change like that, you know, in your mid twenties, <laughs> just kidding. And like, it was definitely scary, but I wasn't as scared as I should have been probably because I just knew it was right. I just, I was not in the place where I wanted to do that anymore. So I thought to myself, you know, first of all, I took some time off, like in the early, in early 2022, in January, I just tried to just be a person again and like find myself again, because I kind of lost myself in the business as you often do when you're a business owner and you're doing everything. And, you know, it was tough. And then I, I'm not a person who likes to be idle for too long. So then I, I wanted to find something else. And, you know, I really hoped that I would have been able to find something in the arts. That was really my goal. And I wasn't going to, you know, think about plan B until I had to. I wanted to really see if there was something in the arts, even if it was just something box office in a theater. You know, I just wanted to be in a theater again. And I found a job in March. I started mid-March at a performing arts organization in Naples, which is um, south of Fort Myers here in Florida, a lovely town. And um, it's, a, it's a performing arts venue. Um, it's also, uh, there's a museum and um, a, it's the home of the Naples Philharmonic Orchestra. And so they bring in Broadway. It's a Broadway house. So Broadway tours come in and, you know, amazing orchestra performances and masterwork series with these unbelievable, you know, artists from all over the, all over the world. And um, we've got, you know, celebrities coming in. My fourth day of work, I met Bernadette Peters and I was like, yeah, I think I made an okay choice here. <laughs> so it's been, it's been a journey. So I've been there now about four months and I am happy again. And it's, it's nice to feel like that because I, I lost myself in my business for, for a while and I was, ended up being very unhappy. And it wasn't because I didn't like working with the kids. It just was everything. And the pandemic was very eye-opening for me for many reasons. It was kind of like made me think, what do I want? And I'm sure as I say these words, if any, you know, all the people, probably millions of people are listening to this, they're thinking, yeah, I thought the same kind of thing. And, and, you know, during the pandemic, you do have like a million listeners or so, right? Oh yeah. 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 I mean, million and three. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so I'm, I'm still thinking, I'm still thinking the same thing. I mean, I'm still wondering if I should, you know, not continue, but if I should also start looking or no, I've been going through this, I'm still not mentally out of the pandemic of, of he's not talking about Connor and Smith. He's mm -hmm. talking about other things. <laughs> well, maybe. Yes. <laughs> Ow. Oh boy. <laughs> You're kind of talking about maybe in this area, like a wolf trap scenario where they, the programming is kind of like a big buffet. 
<laughs> yes, the, the yes. One week, it's the, I mean, one weekend, it might be or a three-week sit-down of this show and then a weekend mm -hmm. of the orchestra and then maybe a, a famous opera singer shows up. Exactly. That's exactly yeah. right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Oh, how exciting. So you have to drive there? Yeah, it's a haul. It's a little bit of a haul to, well, but I, sh I say that to people who are in D.C. See, I've forgotten that kind of thing. You know, you could like go five minutes to your location, but sit in traffic for 40. So yeah, I have to drive like 40 minutes to get there. Um, so it's, it's a bit of a, a drive for me, you know, it's, that's something to get used to, but I feel like that's not going to stand in my way of working. You know, is it going to be that, or am I going to work at the front office in a, like a landscape company? Like I would be miserable. Good, good job for landscape companies, but that's not what I want to do. I want to be in an arts organization. So I will drive a little bit, you know, <laughs> it, could, it could be the four seasons landscaping <laughs> company. Yes, it could. Yes, it could. I might work there. <laughs> I mean, they're in show business now too. <laughs> My husband has a t-shirt. So yeah. I okay. wanted one. I wanted one. Did you see that documentary? No, there's a documentary. It was like on CNN or something like that, but it was like an hour of like, like what happened to their business. Ooh. After. That's it. Well, yeah, because they almost lost their business because people were, were like being crazy and threatening and calling and God. they couldn't even use the phone for business because people were calling just to harass them. Oh my God. I'm not surprised. People. But then it got better. Ugh. It got better. Okay, good. I'm glad to the hear The t-shirt helped. Good. Good. You know, I honestly, I honestly thought at some point, I'm now over 50 and I look still 49. Of course. Oh, you're getting younger, but by the moment. <laughs> Earlier in the hour, you were. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just had a cocktail. No, I didn't. Um, Cheers. I feel like, uh, I feel like I, I thought at some point I would be of a certain age and, and I wouldn't be seeing the, the hate and the division and the things that are happening in our world that you're like are we still talking about th this yeah oh gosh like you know matt the the pandemic for me i i kind of went the opposite direction like what you're saying like you would think by by this age you understand you're you're more calm you get people you appreciate people and i have gone the exact opposite way i now hate people is that bad to say <laughs> no no <laughs> like i used to see the good in people and and i really i really struggled through and i still am i'm still getting over it like you just said you know i i i and it's hard to see it's hard to have hope in this country it's hard to you know it's hard to do a lot of things. It's hard to have a lot of positive attitude, you know? And that's why I love the arts. I know that sounds so, so stupid right now, but let me give you an example. Recently at my place of work, we had a patriotic pops concert and I, and it was right. It was during the, on the day of the Uvalde shooting. And I thought, how am I supposed to put a smile on my face and do my job and, you know, make sure things run smoothly with this patriotic pop as we celebrate America. And, you know, it was actually my therapist who said to me, but that's what you have to think about. That's what you have to hold on to. Think about the good things, like the music, the beautiful music that we're hearing, you know, the, the veterans who are so proud, you know, and I thought that was, good piece of advice so I'm trying to find 
the beauty, <laughs> you know, and, and for us, it's, it's in the arts, you know, and, and so there's good stuff that still happens. I, I don't know. It, I'm preaching. Like the, the 4th of July this year, <laughs> yes. like just, especially after the Supreme court and Roe v. Wade, it just felt like I saw a stand up comedian say the 4th of July felt weird this year. It felt like your dad just punched your mom right before his birthday party. Yes. Yes. I've been feeling that like that for years. And every year I've said, oh, this year it's worse than last year. And this particular year I, I thought about I thought about that and I thought, you know, how am I gonna how am I gonna celebrate? I, I can't celebrate, you know? And then I tried to find the good stuff again. And I actually watched on PBS that that pops concert, you know, because I know the conductor because he he he's a conductor. He conducts all the pops concerts at at my new place of work. And uh, and so I watched that beautiful music on the Capitol lawn and that helps a little bit. I found the beauty in it, but I totally am with you. It was I didn't want to celebrate. <laughs> You know? Yeah, it, it was it was a weird I, I did put um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg in the middle of my red, white and blue wreath. And Good. it just said I dissent. Yes. Um, and that's how I could celebrate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kira, do you still get back to Hershey or, or do you still have family there? Yes, my family is still there. My parents are there. They actually split their time uh, now between um, the Hershey area and they have a condo down here in Fort Myers and my brother's up there with his family. Uh, so yeah, I get up there when I can and, and I appreciate the town so much more now. I was actually just up there in um, mid-June about a month ago. My dad was inducted into the uh, Capital Area Sports Hall of Fame for baseball. So that was pretty exciting. Uh, so yeah, so I got up there and did some Hershey and had some fun with the family and it's a it's a great little area. Wait, your dad's in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, in the it's the capital area, which is the central Pennsylvania Harrisburg area. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame for, for baseball. He was a former player and coach for 45 years, had a great career. Oh so, wow. Yeah, pretty cool, pretty cool moment. Pretty cool. It was a ceremony. It was very, very nice. Was he always trying to get everyone in the family to play ball after a Sunday dinner? <laughs> yeah, and I was like singing and dancing. Like I did not fit in. And my brother is a baseball player and coach and all that and you know, he went and there's that direction. Kira in the corner going, yeah. "Buy me some peanuts and crackers." <laughs> exactly. Doing no, trenches like, and like, time steps. Yep. She was singing, uh, I like about like you know And you know, I always felt bad for my parents because when we were younger, my brother and I, he's younger than me. We he was a, a my, he was drafted out of high school um and and went and played professional ball in, you know, one of the farm league teams, you know, and uh and I was trying to be an actor. And I'm like, my parents must never have slept. They must have been up worrying about us, you know, and, and they never they always supported us and I'm very grateful to that, you know. Well, my dad always called Shenandoah. He was like, my daughter goes to a small private expensive college. That's what he would call it. He wouldn't oh even say God. the name. Small private expensive school. Well, <laughs> I think when a league of their own makes it out yes. because they're working on that show, mm -hmm. you can be in it and you can call dad and say, Dad, it's it's the, it's the perfect storm. I've done it. I've made you proud. I'm, I'm playing Madonna. <laughs> I'm playing Madonna on the Broadway. Yes. Yes. That's a great idea. 
or in Florida. Right. That's okay too. We can do it down here. <laughs> Trying to tie all the ends together. Well, Kira, um, I'm looking at the time. I'm mindful. It's of already it. been 50 minutes. I know. Um, I just want to close out by saying, is there anything we always ask this of everybody that you have either read or streamed or could recommend either on any of the streaming things, shows that you and your husband are into, movies that you love, books you love, anything like that, just pop culture things that have really kind of taken your attention. Anything Olivia Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's fantastic. Yeah. I would, you know what we just recently watched because you brought up the Hershey area on Netflix is a documentary called Meltdown, the Three Mile Island story. I which, watched it. It's amazing. Yes, right. And like, my parents, you know, we evacuated. I was, you know, young then, of course, and uh, and they evacuated, and and but but they didn't know so much of what happened. You know, they didn't have the news like they have now. So, you know, you pick up your phone and you get all the all the latest headlines, and that of course was not the case then. So there was a lot that they did not know. So it was fascinating. Um, I always joke that that's the way I am because I lived, you know, you know, lived through the through Mile Island meltdown situation. Oh my God. See, <laughs> I'm from the Pennsylvania, you know, the other side of Pennsylvania. Yes, I remember that. So, so like when I saw that come up on my like recommended for you, I was like, oh yes, yeah, so this is how I'm spending my day. Yes, um, it was It was so amazing, so yes. amazing. So that's what I would recommend. So if you haven't watched that, friends out there, it's, it's it's a little depressing though, but it's, it's fascinating. captivating though. Yes, like, it really is. Because yes. like I didn't know, like much like you, I'm sure didn't know all of that. No, and I how know. close to like, yeah, horrific it it really was. Right. And how we were so lucky. Like, that's what I said to my parents. I called them. I was like, we were so lucky. You know, even the years later when they were going to run that test, you know, I mean, it, it just I don't want to give anything away, but um, it was it was fascinating. So, yeah, I'm glad you Check saw that, that too. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we, we I love that. I don't think. No, I just watched that by myself. You didn't see that, did you, hon? No. Uh, I think we talked about it intensely. Yes, <laughs> on my part. Um, I'm really bad with content, Kira. Like, I can watch things, but I don't really seek out things because I've already got a lot of content going on in my head. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't always um, get into things as quick. Stephen can watch things like, you know, I can go away and be like, oh, I just saw this, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's and all right. Like, oh, I'm fine. I'm going to just talk to the dog <laughs> Stephen. did you watch the staircase i think that's on there's a documentary on netflix but that the actual show with colin firth and tony collette is i think hbo i it's... have not i know of which you speak i have not seen it yet i was I... fascinated i i wanted to watch it constantly i i am i kind of yes it's on my list i got distracted by a show called the strain Oh, um, that came. I'm watching on Hulu. Okay, that there were four seasons of it. This is like I'm. Everyone's like, "Oh, the strain happened years ago." It came out in like 2014, and there were four seasons. Um, but I never got to see. You know, especially when I was performing all the time, I never got to see sh you know shows in prime time because I was doing and I didn't have a TiVo or whatever the hell you call it. Right. 
Um, so it's, yeah, I'm, I've been trapped in the strain and I happily trapped. Like <laughs> any time I have free time, I'm watching the strain. Um, okay. So it is on my list of the staircase. Absolutely. Let um, me know what you think when you watch it and I'll check out the strain. I love getting just lost in a show. I think that's so fun. The strain, I don't know like your sensibilities of what you like and what you don't, but the strain is very much like a horror oh. kind of thing. And it's, it's almost like a vampire epic but it's also like a disease that turns you into something that's like a vampire but different anyway it's oh. um i've always wanted to see like a zombie or something like that set in an actual gigantic city just to see how a gigantic city would break down because no one ever has the big budget to do that <laughs> yeah and this is that but with vampires and in new york and it's just kind of epic as you can imagine <laughs> yeah the subway system and everything that becomes anyway i could go on for hours but uh, <laughs> um well kira i love getting to talk to you thank you so much for coming on and i'm sorry that the tech was a little herky-jerky at the beginning but oh. we appreciate you staying the course and i can't like it's uh, hearing your voice just feels like we are back at our place and, and like yeah like we should get in the car and go do something Yes, come over. Yeah, it, I, I just thank you for having me on. And yeah, sorry about the technical issues. I know they were on my part. I'm not sure what happened, but thanks for being patient. And it just coming back and talking to you guys. And, you know, thank you for reminding me of things that happened. It's just been a lovely, lovely evening. So I very much appreciate it. <laughs> oh, we love you so much. Um, Ditto. And, and we will hopefully talk to you soon. We've got each other's phone numbers now. Let's not be strangers. Woohoo! Yes, take care. Send me some Netflix ideas. <laughs> All right. Okay. Love you guys. Love you. Thank you so Bye. much. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much, Kira, for joining us. It was great to catch up. All those memories of everything. Everything. From the Burn Break Kids shows to the um, uh, American Anthem. It was fun uh, reminiscing. Everything from Hershey to Shenandoah to <laughs> West End to Florida. Um, thank you so much. We love you. Thank you for joining us. If you want to learn more about us, please visit www.connorsmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an ER. You can find us on social media under Connor and Smith on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Again, under Connor and Smith with an ER. Please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. It really does help us out. Share it where you share things. Post it where you post things. We love the following that we're getting through this SU season and SU folks always help each other out. We love that. Join the Discord discussion. You find the link in the description of this podcast. Also add to the late 90s Spotify playlist. You can also find that link in the description as well. We'll be back tomorrow with another amazing guest. Until then, um, have a great evening and stay cool. Bye. Bye. Bye.